Joan said we could talk about anything. It's true. <laughs> Everything's on the well, table. Well, you know, if you yeah. can't talk about anything, you're a very boring person. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. What do they say? Sex, religion, politics? You shouldn't talk about any of them? And I'm like, well, yeah. what's left? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> nice. Welcome back to the Iron Cast. Glad to be with you all again, whether you're at home and you're cooking or you're out on the porch just sipping on a beer or a coffee. Uh, we're thinking of you here at the Iron Cast. We are in actually the kids' room, mm-hmm. uh, surrounded by Shana. Describe our ears better at describing our atmosphere. What's, what do we got around here? We have some really bright lights. Uh, we have these circular, I don't even know, reflector things. <laughs> I, this is where. It's like the sun. Yes. So this is quite the studio, quite the makeshift studio we're in. Yeah, it is. I mean, we it looks like I'm on a professional studio. I know. Yeah. Yeah, and we have Joan here with us. Yeah, we so. have Joan Balsa. Balasa. Balasa. I'm going to say that correctly. Joan Balasa. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, we're going to introduce here, her here in a moment, but we're glad to have her. Yeah. Uh, but Shana, what are we talking about today? Let's just jump right yeah. into it. We are talking about Christ-given courage. Darren preached to us uh, from a passage in the book of Joshua. He was introducing his new sermon series that I guess he's been working on for a while, since January, I guess. Yeah, before this whole pandemic. Yes, which that's, if you know, God is so sovereign. Preparation, yeah. Yeah. So, and the sermon series is Finding Courage in Times of Crisis. And he said that he would be preaching to us from the book of Joshua, but also in turn judges. I guess Darren would be preaching from Joshua and Sam would be preaching from judges is what yeah. he was saying. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so we're talking about Christ-given courage. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a quote for us? Perhaps? Yeah. C.S. Lewis. Yeah. So uh, last summer I was reading a book. It's you know secular. I think it's John Palmer who wrote it and it's called Courage to Teach. Hmm. And I really liked it because it wasn't just this, you know, flighty, just theoretical. It was very practical, but he talks about having courage in the context of teaching. He seems like a spiritual person. I don't know where his faith is, but um, but reading it, it made me think about what C.S. Lewis writes about courage. And he writes, courage is not simply one of the virtues, but the form of every virtue at the testing point. Hmm. Yeah. What do you think can that you, means? Can you read it again? Yeah, I, please. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, courage is not simply one of the virtues, but the form of every virtue at the testing point. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, we're going to get Joan's input, but I got to introduce Joan yeah, on, please. This, on this first. And, uh, you know, I think this quote is important, um, Joan, because, um, you know, what, what do we all want in this world? You and I were talking earlier today. And what do we all want? We want to be safe and comfortable. I want my kid to be safe. I wrap them in a blanket. I want my, you know, my wife to be safe. I buy her that that SUV with the, you know, just the airbags coming from the sides, the front, the back, the top. I mean, there's no way she is not going to explode into a cushion uh, <laughs> if she gets hit by a car. So uh, we want safe and comfortable. And the problem is uh, this world is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we have experienced pandemic. Like I've never experienced that before in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, just it's, this is a big deal. So the world is not, is not safe. And Tolkien has a quote. It's a dangerous business, Frodo, going out your door. You step onto the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where you might be swept off to. <laughs> and, of course, 
you know, Gandalf leads them to a dragon. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Joan, when I was thinking about courage, um, your name came to mind. <laughs> uh, and and yeah, I, when, I think of, when I think of you, Joan, I think of a woman in a leather jacket. <laughs> I think of someone who's feisty, uh, not afraid to say what she feels, what she, uh, you know, and even uh, backtracking to say what she means. <laughs> and, uh, and I also think of you as someone who... Uh, and we can strike this if necessary, but when I was the treasurer, I would always see a note in the offering that said that you were requesting prayer for uh, work and for the strength of the body that would be willing to do it. Mm-hmm. So you are always wanting to go out into the world and get it done. Mm-hmm. Wow. I gotta live. So <laughs> that's what I think of when I think of you. So my first question to you, Joan, is give us three words that your friends might use to describe you. Um, painfully honest. <laughs> Is that like a hyphenated word, or is that two words? Well, it's two <laughs> words, because if I say honest, that sounds really nice, but yeah. I'm painfully honest. Okay. <laughs> There's a little different. Well, this is going to be fun to have you on here, then. Go ahead. <laughs> um, persistent and generous. Okay. Mm-hmm. Those are all drastic words. You know, And uh, <laughs> when I introduce Shana here, I always say that she's the rock to my scissors. So, like, if we're playing rock, paper, scissors, she's <laughs> always going to win because uh, she's strong and she's just got you know just a lot of insight and wisdom but there's a fourth one that we invented as kids and it was dynamite and it didn't really work with the game but we just thought it'd be funny anyway you just say okay once per every now and then you get to throw out dynamite and that that trumps everything so i think we invited dynamite here today here she is here she is <laughs> <laughs> so you uh you, you even trump rock so that's great rock paper scissors dynamite um but joan uh tell us what is courage and like, give us maybe an example in your life where, you know, courage has, you know, come out and been a real thing for you. Well, I don't really think of myself as courageous. Um, more like the reluctant volunteer. <laughs> like, okay, if I really have to do this, I will do this. So I don't know if you call that courage or not. <laughs> I do know that I have a close walk with God. I had a marriage that went bad and and I thought well I never want to be in a position where anything goes bad so I'm going to walk with the Lord and I'll walk close and I've and I've been pretty persistent consistent Mm. in that and so when God wants me to do something I do it now I know it sounds a little charismatic and I am not charismatic but um my accounts are okay but you wouldn't say oh wow you know you got a lot and my son and daughter-in-law lost their business, and I knew they were in a bad spot. So I just wrote them a check for $500. Now, for me, that's, that's a lot of money. But I thought, okay, God, you want me to do this? Does this make any sense? But you keep telling me, so I'm just going to do this. So I did it. And then things turned around, and about a month later, they gave me the money back. Mm. And so... Um, so I always just like, okay, God, this is what you want me to do. I will do it. It's, you know, so I don't know if you call that courage, but. Yeah. Well, I think it's a good start for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the yeah. uh, definition has been eluding me today as well. I'm just thinking like, what is courage? I even called my father-in-law who is a leadership coach, consultant, wrote a book on leadership and courage is one of the main competencies of really good leaders. You know, Winston Churchill is kind of the icon for for courage and his efforts in World War II. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, if you don't have courage, you just, you're just not a leader. You know, it's, mm-hmm. that's just the bottom line. Uh, and he, and Winston Churchill would say that courage is the most important, uh, trait of a leader. But, uh, you know, I think it is confusing what courage is. And Shannon, you brought up mm-hmm. something from the sermon about the difference between courage and, and, yeah. and arrogance. Yeah. So for a long time, uh, I've been thinking about, you know, courage is something that is mentioned all over the scriptures, you know, and like taking heart, you know, don't be afraid. Like we, we see phrases like that all over scripture. And I would like to have more courage. I would like to have it in my parenting, in my relationships, um, taking risks in my work, you know, and Darren mentions a couple of contexts. The first context that he mentions is parenting, right? He mentions about the decisions that we make can have a lifelong effect on our children and all of their relationships. He mentions work as a context, um, and he mentions our, our Christian mission. But yeah, what I, when something that he brought out that I really identified with, he mentions the difference between courage and arrogance, like that it's not the same thing. And I, I just really appreciated that because um, I think courage, faith, and hope are very interrelated. We as Christians find our courage not in our own abilities, um, but in the gifts that God gives us, you know, and certainly in Christ, right? Darren, at the end of his sermon, mentions how Christ's courage is counted to us. And I just was so heartened by that. And the other thing that I'll say is Tim Keller has also written a lot about courage versus arrogance. So for example, uh, he writes about this concept called humble boldness, because I, I, I work with a lot of different kinds of people. And some of them I would see as very humble. Some of them I would see as very bold. But I think both of those qualities are really important together. You know, just not being, a, being afraid to speak out. Not that you're never wrong. Be, not being afraid to speak out, not being afraid to take risks, but doing it in a way that's not arrogant and assuming that you're right. You know, and so I really appreciated Darren highlighting the difference there. Yeah. So are are you a humble person, Joe? No. (laughs) (laughs) You did better than Moses. He was like, I'm the most humble man there is. Uh, (laughs) No, no, yeah. (laughs) Not humble. (laughs) Not a quality that you. No, I would not a good quality I expelled. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love Winston Churchill's quote. He has none of the vices that I admire, you know. Uh, (laughs) So, anyway. So, you know, it's talking about this humility and this, um, this courage, yet this courage, what is, where, where does this humility come into play? Yeah. And my father-in-law, he, he's, he, I don't know if this is like a kind of spoiler alert for chapter two or <laughs> of Joshua, but the spies, they all go out to the promised land and they all come back. They saw the same thing, yet 10 of them report scary and two report, we got this. Which ones are you, Joan? Are you in the two or are you in the ten? And why? Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. So, 12 go out to the promised land. Right. God said, go look it over. Right. Check it out. Come back uh-huh. uh, and give us a report. Ten, And they all saw the same thing. Ten report, whoa, we saw giants. It's not good. We shouldn't go. Uh, and two report, no, we got this. We can, we can take this land. 
Well, I think if they looked at the history, this is what I've done recently. I couldn't say I've always been like this, okay? But if you look at the history where God has already taken you, then you can say, yeah, we can do this. So I think like presently where I'm at right now, I would have been the two. If you asked me like 10 years ago, I would have been the 10. Oh, that's a good perspective. How about you, Ron? Uh, yeah, I, I love that answer. Uh, and that just reminds me of what my father-in-law said today. He's like, it, it comes down to perspective. And do you have God's perspective or do you have this human perspective? And we have the human perspective, you know, without the history with God, we have this, Our own, all we have is our own experience. Until we encounter God and he shows us his perspective, then we're like, whoa, okay. Now, this is a little more personal with me. I've been through so many things, like personally, God has taken me through. I had a neighbor who told me one day, I don't want to hear any more stories. I want to hear any more stories. He says, I don't know if you have a special connection or what's going on, but no more stories. Is this the same neighbor who calls you the church lady? Uh, no, I think that was another one. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, I can personally say I've had this, this, and this, and this, and this happen, and I can look, I can look back and say, mm-hmm. I can trust God in this. And when this corona thing hit, I didn't understand for myself why I wasn't all uptight. I've been uptight over far lesser things. Mm. And I think it's because of what God has shown me. Like, mm. he's taken me through all this. And, and some of it, I think, is worse, just personally worse, not, like, collectively worse. And it's like, well, we're we just going to go through it again, you know? And there's something you said earlier, like, we all want a safe, comfortable life. And I thought, well, that's partly true. But a safe life is really a boring life. And I don't think anybody wants a boring life. I mean, you don't want rockets hitting your house and you don't want viruses and that sort of thing. But if you don't take any risk, you know, if you don't really trust God, who's bigger than you and bigger than everybody, you are going to have a very boring life. Mm-hmm. So I think you want to be safe in a general sort of way, but not so safe that you never take a risk, that you never stand for anything, that... You know what I mean? Like, if I trust in myself and what I can do, forget it. I call myself the not-not woman. I'm not like, I'm not beautiful. I'm I'm not brilliant. I'm not famous. I'm not powerful. Whatever else the world is into these days. You're not six foot tall. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, not. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm not, not. So it's so it's God that has to do things for me. Amen. I like and I it. just yeah. like okay, I'm gonna go for the ride. Yeah. And yeah. Which are you, Shana? The two or the ten? Oh my goodness. Well, I want to be one of the two, but I would definitely, I would feel like all of my blood vessels constrict. You know, I'm sure of it. I'm I'm sure fear would hit me first. Yeah. So I would I would hopefully become one of those two. But at you know first gut, I would be maybe one of the ten. That's mm-hmm. that's God's honest truth. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we've defined for our listeners here at church what courage is. You know, because you're probably thinking to yourself in a practical context in today, is it the person who doesn't wear a mask? Is that the courageous person? And I think we're pointing way beyond that. Like, yeah. like yeah. Joan, you just said, I love what you said. Mm-hmm. I've worried about much smaller things. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So there's something that we're missing here. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think maybe we dive into what Darren talked about next, which was the source 
of courage. Mm-hmm. And that's my, that's my favorite part. What is our source of courage? Where does it come from? Yeah. How do we get it? Right. Uh, and how does it come, al- how, come alive and, and demonstrate in us? Mm-hmm. So thoughts on that. What is the source of courage? Where do we get this strength to act? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just some of my notes here from listening uh, to Darren's message. The first point that he makes is that courage recognizes God's power as decisive, mm-hmm. right? And so this kind of relates to like what you were saying about your father-in-law, that human perspective versus having God's perspective, right? With our human, in a human economy, you know, your everything, all of your resources are finite, right? Only so much money, you know, like... I have to, you know, like that story um, in the Old Testament, like the lamp, right? Not having enough oil to last all those days, right? But Darren points out when we recognize that God's power is decisive, then our resources become infinite, you know, and we Mm -hmm. have so -hmm. much more hope and so much Mm -hmm. more courage, you know, realizing that he really is in control. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. What about you, Jen? When, When do you just find courage when do you when do you feel something rise up inside of you um i think that you know when you're a believer there's a cost you have to stand up for what's right and when you stand up for things that are right you have to take the big perspective that there might be a price to be paid and i have to be willing to pay that price yeah. Like is this, the smallest thing would be someone's not going to be like me or not like what I say. That's a little thing. Another thing now with the political stuff going on is if I say something, will I lose my life? Yeah. Like as I know it. Well, I and 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 then hey, I Jen, on, on yeah, the show we yeah. don't talk about sex, religion, or politics. <laughs> you invited the wrong person. <laughs> Should I go now? No. As Joan said, what else is there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there, there. When it rises up inside of you, um, how do you know that it was courage and it wasn't arrogance or foolishness? Yeah question I'm not sure I would always really know you know what I mean I guess it would only be foolishness if it was like if it was just all about me making me look good or something like that Mm -hmm. but if it was a perspective like if I don't do this what will happen and what will it mean not only for me but for my kids and my grandkids Mm-hmm. that's yeah. what I mean so you got to think that if you're if you're going to make a stand either for your your faith or or what you believe politically there might be a cost and you know I can't say the human ego doesn't get in there but I'm just saying that if you, if you do that that there there's something might happen something good something bad you don't know yeah. You know, like I do things and I just do them like, but my neighbors watch me. It's the weirdest thing. Like I've gone for a walk. What's she going to do next? <laughs> I go for walks and I'll take like a trash bag with me. Cause I don't know why there's so much trash in my neighborhood recently. And they're watching me and I'm like, 
don't you guys have anything better to do? <laughs> but I don't do it for show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. I like the neighborhood to look clean, you know? like mm-hmm. So I think for the most part. You just don't care what people think, Joan, is what the bottom line is. Well, I can't say that all the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, I do work. I got employers. I got clients. I got to consider them, too. You yeah. Know? But, but you don't care if they judge you for what you believe is right. No, not really. Yeah. No. And Well, I mean, I put yeah, myself so, in Joshua's shoes, and he's a young leader, untested. Mm-hmm. And like Darren said, he's got to follow in the footsteps of this guy who's mm-hmm. amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. Moses really is amazing. <laughs> and he only messes up here at the end and can't mm-hmm. get the people into the mm-hmm. promised land. Uh, and he calls on Joshua to succeed him. And really, Joshua has nothing, no resume, mm-hmm. right? Other than mm-hmm. he's kind of been under, you know, falling along with Moses and, and whatnot. And here he is saying, God's saying, go, be bold, have courage. And what's the promise? Oh, um, hold on. Let me, right? Uh, I won't leave you or forsake you. Yeah. So I won't leave you and I won't forsake you is the promise. And then I love that Darren said, so the source of courage comes from trusting in God, Mm -hmm. but trusting in his promises. Mm -hmm. And that's what, what inside of us creates courage. Mm -hmm. It's like a reason to believe that my action is not foolishness. And although the world might say it's foolishness, if you're following God, you have a, you know, someone that's has a bigger perspective and, bigger ideas and bigger plan and bigger strength than, than we do um, so we can yeah we can take courage and we can go forward yeah, and Darren uh, he he zeroed in on verse 8 where he you know, it says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, and you will meditate on it day and night. Um, you know, basically, yeah, he says this resource going forward is vested in God's word, God's words, right? And he says, if we're going to find courage, we must connect either for the first time or reconnect with the scriptures. So, um, yeah, and he says, taking God at his word will do something spectacular at our core. And I've, I've always, re- I've loved to read about meditation, not just like, you know, new world meditation, but like what like Tim Keller would like, just the idea of meditation in as far as a Christian discipline. And um, here Darren makes the observation that meditation is not necessarily about quantity. He says it's about quality, um, that meditation communicates a slowness or a simmer. Um, so I th- that's again very heartening to me because um it's you know gaining courage from god's promises is you know storing his word up in my heart you know and um that's something tangible that we can do like that's a discipline that we can cling to and like it's it's a discipline or a habit of grace um so yeah yeah Joan, we're going to ask you like if there's something that you meditate on in your life or if there's a verse or anything so you can think about that. But, um, you know, Shane, as you mentioned about meditation, Darren said uh, that, hey, just read one verse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, 
he, he has no pleasure in saying, hey, this is not a Bible challenge to read the Bible in a, in a week mm-hmm. or during the pandemic, but just to focus on a verse that's going to give you more trust in God. Mm-hmm. I can remember when I was a teenager and I was like beginning just the beginning of walking my faith. I don't even know who gave it to me, but it was one of those verse a day calendars. Like, you know, there's all these people who talk about taking scripture out of context and how bad that is. But the thing is, if even if you only can focus on one verse a day, it's better than nothing. And mm-hmm. there are still verses that I have memorized because of that calendar like over 15 years ago, you know? Mm-hmm. And I've since maybe read more mm-hmm. of the Bible and I can see those verses in their mm-hmm. context. But like it really was an important foundation for me, you yeah. know. So one verse at a time is, you know, I'm a proponent of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Joan? Is there? There's there's a couple of them. Um, one that comes to mind is with all the the media. I think people have been saturated with. I don't have TV, by the way, so I'm lucky. Um, <laughs> Radical. Yeah. So on the one from Philippians, whatever is right, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is of good repute, let your mind dwell on these things. So I think that's such a lovely verse Mm -hmm. and something to like ease Mm -hmm. the tension of of your mind. And then another one, um, my economy is so interesting, is um, (laughs) some men trust in horses, some in chariots, Mm -hmm. but my trust is in the Lord God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're allowed to cry on the show. <laughs> <laughs> what do you love about that one so much? That's a really good one. Well, you know, when you don't have money, mm-hmm. <laughs> you learn to, to fight. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I, um, the IRS <clears throat> likes to audit me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> and it started with, I think it started with, I put my tithe, my charitable contributions in the wrong box. Ah. I, and I do my own taxes too. Mm-hmm. And because um, I'm thinking all it is is adding and subtracting and following directions. And the hardest thing is directions because you have to find them. Mm. But, um, but anyway, I put it in the wrong box and they wanted to know where that money was. And I kept writing them and I wrote them for a year. And finally mm. they saw the light. they didn't see the money but they saw the light (laughs) and three times I fought them and three times not on different issues oh my goodness and three times I've won nice yeah and each time it was just me yeah Yeah. so you don't trust in in horses well how's the verse go again you don't trust some some men trust in horses some in chariots but my trust is in the Lord God Mm. yeah yeah you know back then that's what they had right so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. That, that's awesome. And I love the first one. Even if you just took that one or two or three verses that that encompasses of, of whatever is noble, whatever is pure, if you focus on that in your life, that would change your life totally, completely, 100%. Mm-hmm. Because we absolutely do not focus on those things. Mm-hmm. We do not think about those things. We mm-hmm. think about the opposite all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's the, yeah. I mean, just thinking about that would change your life. That's kind of a mm-hmm. radical thought to think that. Yeah. Um, scripture is that powerful that even one verse could change your life. Mm-hmm. Here, here we're segueing into the last part of the sermon, and that's what Shana brought up at the very beginning, was mm. that Christ's courage does what for us, Shana? Yeah, so Darren phrased it as Christ's courage is counted to us. Uh, Darren um, mentioned how... Um, 
the courage of Christ, what it looked like uh, is, you know, Christ was perfect in every way. He clung to the promises of God at every turn in the face of Satan's assaults. And every time he responded, it was always the product of some meditation on scripture. Mm. And um, that was powerful. Yeah. And that, you know, even in the midst of, you know, the ultimate crisis, you know, Christ on the cross, he was saying words of scripture and his last words were a quotation of scripture. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, I, I feel like so, so much of our answers can be found in the gospel, um, so many different parts of it. So Darren made this observation that Christ, unlike us, Christ was met with God turning his face away. Uh, he was met with God's judgment so that we wouldn't ever be. Mm. So, you know, we, we can say that God will never leave us or forsake us because that's happened. You know, the judgment is past. And that's the beauty of the season that we're in right now because it's after Easter mm. and we're in Pentecost season and waiting for the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the fulfillment of that mm-hmm. promise because when the Holy Spirit's inside of you, then... God is with you always, and mm-hmm. he never forsakes you. And it's a seal of your salvation, mm-hmm. uh, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Very you. awesome. Shana, do you have a, a, any closing thoughts? But I'm going to read a, a one last quote before mm-hmm. we end here. Hmm. Let's see. Yeah, just uh, as we're meditating on these passages uh, this week, just thinking about how Christ's courage is counted to us. This isn't something... This is not a. This is not something that we have to conjure up ourselves. This is some, this is a gift from God, and that's so encouraging to me. So, yeah, that's right. It is God's work in us mm-hmm. more than us conjuring it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I'm memorizing uh, scripture, but I'm also memorizing <laughs> uh, something from Lord of the Rings and the Two Towers. It's from the movie, not the book. So don't be a hater, but. Uh, <laughs> Sam's speech, and it does actually, there's parts of it that come from the book, but um, they've, they reworded it, and it's really powerful. So uh, Sam and Frodo just had a, basically a fight with a giant Nazgul, and you, you know what that's like. As one does. <laughs> As one does. <laughs> uh, they went out their front door and said, you know, Frodo, <laughs> you were warned. Uh, so, and just, just Frodo's feeling the weight of the ring. They can see Mount Doom in the, in the horizon, and they, they know that this is weighing on them, and they doubt they're ever going to return to the Shire, and it's just pretty much game over for them, um, even though Sam is Mr. Positive and holds out hope. But, but uh, he's, he's just dirty. He's a mess, and he's looking out to the horizon, and he says, it's like in the great stories, Mr. Frodo, the ones that really mattered. Full of darkness and danger they were. And sometimes you didn't want to know the end because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad happened? Mm. But in the end, it's only a passing thing, this shadow. Even darkness must pass. Mm. A new day will come, and when the sun shines, it will shine out the clearer. Those were the stories that stayed with you that meant something, even if you were too small to understand why. But I think, Mr. Frodo, I do understand. I know now. Folk in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't, because they were holding on to something. That there's some good in this world, Mr. Frodo, and it's worth fighting for. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So our 
theology might be a little different that, you know, that there's good in this world. I think what we're, what we're hoping for and, you know, the actions that we're taking really are hoping for the glory of the Lord Mm -hmm. and that the glory of the sons and daughters uh, that belong to him will be revealed. Mm -hmm. And uh, the whole earth is longing for that as well. Mm. So that there will be a glorious day. It will be a brighter sun and it will be all the clearer. And um, so uh, I, I, I pray that courage would swell in all of us mm-hmm. in our church and uh, that we would live, you know, these days with courage. Mm-hmm. Great to be with you, Shana. Great yeah. to be with you, Joan. Yeah.